powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton. That's Dennis. I'm Zach. Here we go. What an exciting night tonight was. Wow. When the Oilers, everyone knows when the Oilers are playing, no matter whether they're up by three or down by three, the game is never over by any means. It's a crazy team. I love this team, but they're going to kill me. Um, yeah. So tonight, obviously, we have a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, you know, we obviously got to touch on Leon Drysaddle. He absolutely owns the Nashville Predators. Um, Mayor of Smashville. The, the mayor of Nashville. Uh, I would not be surprised if his Wikipedia page already says the owner of the Nashville Predators. We also got to touch on the special teams. Obviously, the Oilers power play once again looked fantastic. Penalty kill, not so fantastic. The Preds were two for two. That's concerning considering they had an 8.3% power play going into the game. Finally, Jack Campbell did nothing to help the goaltending controversy going into the game. But before we get into all that... We have a message from our friends at Sports Interaction. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Football continues. The World Series is ongoing. The hockey season is well underway. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians, by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see that all that sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please pay responsibly. All right, Dennis, 7 to 4. When the night started, if you asked me if this is how the game was going to go, after, especially after watching the Preds score that first goal, I mean, I saw your tweet. I definitely did not think it would end like this. Let me know your thoughts. What did you think of the game overall? Boy, I, I feel good for the people who took the over tonight. But uh, yeah, 7-4 to four was not what I thought the outcome would be when the Predators scored the first goal real early into the game. Uh, what That was a just a very strange start by Campbell. And as you mentioned, we'll get more into the uh, goaltending debate debacle a little bit later. But this was a game where the Oilers stars just came out to play. We, we know Drysaddle owns the, the Nashville Predators every day, every week, every year. But Connor McDavid, huge night tonight. Vander Kane, huge, am- amazing performances by pretty much everyone on the team. I know you're going to find someone, but we'll get there later. And in the end, this was just a solid team win. Um Basically, Edmonton just didn't get suckered into playing Nashville's game. Uh, Of course, Nashville, Smashville, is physical. Physical beyond belief. They threw 60 hits tonight. And Edmonton didn't shy away. They they had a solid amount of hits as well. But this goes back to the debate uh, between hits and puck possession. The Oilers played with the puck a lot tonight. So Nashville had the ability to go on the physical. But that didn't matter. Edmonton outskilled them, and boy, we were in for an absolutely thrilling game. I know you, just like me, are probably having heart palpitations, especially through that third period. How about you, Zach? What did you think about that entire game? Well, I mean, it was a fantastic game from start to finish, right? You come out, the, the Predators score one early, and I was like, oh no, is it going to be this again? First shot of the game. First shot on goal. You know, what else is new for Oilers fans? 
Uh, we you see Nashville come out. They they take the first shot, and I'm just like, oh no, they, it, we're we're going down. This is not going to be a fun game again. Brought this up. We saw your tweet. I think we both were on the same page. But then immediately we get Drysidle with an amazing backhand pass across the ice. You know, only guy in the world who can do that. Right to Evander Kane. Soros lunges out of the net. Kane pulls it to the backhand, taps it in. It's 1-1. Then they come right back. Kane, I think it was Kane scores again. Or no, it was McDavid. It was McDavid. It was McDavid. Then back to Kane. It, 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 right before they even finished announcing the, the first goal. It was 10 seconds later or whatever. The Oilers came out. They absolutely dominated play, I want to say, for 57 out of 60 minutes. I found the only time where the Oilers let up was within the first 30 seconds to a minute of the, of the game. For some reason... At the first, at the start of the period, Nashville would come out each period, first, second, and third. I know every single time this happened, Nashville came out and got a great A scoring chance. The first, the first, uh, the first goal obviously was a bad bounce off Cody Cece's leg. I don't think you can fault Campbell too much for that. But at some point here, we the Campbell has what an eight thirty eight eight twenty six A percentage tonight. I, like I'm sorry, and again. No disrespect, the Oilers won the game. I'm not mad. I I would not go back to Campbell next game, obviously. But I I, I would still keep starting him. I, I have not lost faith in him by any means. But at some point, he, he's got to pick it up here. And I think the Oilers see that they got to get him going. And they try. And I think that's why Jay Woodcroft put him in tonight. He's I I'm, we're all, I'm, think we're both confident in saying they're going to go back to Skinner against New Jersey. But I think the idea of putting Campbell in tonight was to go against an opponent that has you know traditionally struggled to score goals. You're trying to get Campbell an easier matchup. You you think that he's gonna they don't take a lot of shots, clearly. I think they finished what with 20, 23 shots tonight. So, shots, so yeah. he didn't have that much of a workload. Uh, a couple goals were deflections. You can't really or I want to say three of the four goals were deflections. There was one shot that beat him clean, but I don't know if he's unlucky or he's not making honestly, the right saves. Or how, what what do you make of Campbell's play? Honestly, I think Campbell Campbell doesn't seem like he's playing well at the moment, but even though he's not playing well, he's still giving the Oilers consistent goaltending. It, it isn't as bad as Koskinen letting the first shot in every single night. Campbell is consistent. He's just a little cold right now. And I believe that a hundred percent that Skinner right now is the hot hand and that we should be playing Skinner as much as, as possible at, at least in the next week or so. But we do have to give Campbell these starts because we don't want him losing confidence and we have him locked up for five years. He's got to be at least in a one B role. So we're hoping that we can see a bit of a bounce back from Campbell, but this is just a game where both goaltenders did not have fun. I mean, UC Soros is not a bad goaltender, but he finished the night with an eight thirty three. Uh, of course, Edmonton did absolutely pound Nashville on that shot metric 37 shots on on target but 61 shot attempts a, a ton of block shots a ton of missed shots uh, the Oilers were just shooting the puck as much as they could and you saw that eventually snowball uh, especially in that first period later in that first period mm-hmm. and there there is just nothing you can say when you have a, a team which is built very much by foundation, by committee, like the Predators, when they have to play a skill game against a superstar team like Edmonton. If the superstars are hot, boy, the, the committee team gets absolutely torched. Uh, I think right now Nashville's in a very interesting territory. They're almost like uh, a slightly 
less effective version of the St. Louis Blues. And honestly, they have not performed well this year at all. Uh, I believe I saw a comment earlier in the chat that, yeah, uh, the Oilers have a tendency to throw teams into losing streaks. Uh, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Calgary, uh, they they all took L's tonight. And I, I just can't believe it. Um, Edmonton's stock is just trending up and up and up. The only team right now I fear the Oilers going up against would be like Boston. And that's it. I think every other team in the NHL, the Oilers are better currently. Well, I think the Oilers, they, they started the season slow, uh, but they've clearly picked it up. We've won five in a row. Uh, there's not a team in the NHL I would be afraid for the Oilers to play. I am. I think this team is special, to be honest with you. There are some immaculate vibes right now, and I look forward to every single game that they're playing. But what you said earlier about uh, Soros only had an 833 save percentage, I think it's safe to say that even though Soros and Campbell's save percentages, you, you know, were only like 0.01 points off or whatever, Staros' 833 is miles better. I mean, just to me, the feel-wise from watching the game than Campbell's 826. Staros was making grade A saves on the power play. How The first two power plays I wrote in my notes, I said, how haven't the Oilers scored? I think McDavid was raw. Bujan Hopkins was raw. Barry missed a wide open net. Saros was going, making lateral movements left and right, robbing the Oilers. He, he stole a hat-trick from Kane, and he stole a hat-trick from McDavid later in the third. But... Like Soros was the, the shots that Soros were getting were insanely high quality, and frankly, I'm kind of shocked by the you know the the, the how the high quality um play of Nashville's Scoring defense. Chances. Well, mm-hmm. Nashville's defense is just um is just is so good, right? So you don't expect them to give up that many grade A opportunities to the Oilers, but I guess the Oilers' skill forwards are the best in the league, right? So they're able to get around that defense and they're able to create. So uh, going forward, I, I I I am starting to get a little nervous regarding Jack Campbell. Eh. I, I don't think this play will continue. I'm the, the Obviously, we have Stuart Skinner. They're going to go back to Skinner against New Jersey. I think that's the obvious one. I think regardless of what happened today, that was the obvious one. I think going forward, though, seeing how they go against Dallas, that's when it'll start to get interesting. Are you just going back and forth? At some point, does Jay Woodcroft decide to just ride uh, Stuart Skinner? Or h- how does it go here? I think that's going to be really... Uh, really important going forward. Um, obviously, tonight, Leon Dreisaitl had a huge night. You can tell from the start of the game, he was just on. He, he was skating. He was dangling. He Sometimes you can tell when Leon Dreisaitl is off when he's not moving his feet in the neutral zone. It, I, 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 you notice a lot of the, the defenders on the blue line will poke the puck off a stick. Uh, but Leon had his dangles on. He was going in. He was shooting. He was passing. Everything was good. And the backhand sauces, they were just on target tonight. How many times have you seen them go right on target to the other team stick? Tonight, they were just absolutely laser focused. I mean, of course, the Kane goals, but there were also great passing sequences with Yamamoto. And on the on the power play, Dreisaitl, I wanted to just quickly focus in on his goal because his goal was great. He scored from his office, but... Nude, what an amazing pass on that sequence. There was a gap of about like half a boot, and that was it. And Nude feathered that pass right onto Dreisaitl. That was sorry to interrupt. No, 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 I was gonna say that was Dreisaitl esque that pass. This is the best hockey we've seen Ryan Nugent Hopkins play since before the COVID shutdowns when he was on the line with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will, I'll, I'll tell you right now, place your bets at Sports Interaction. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is hitting the over on his point totals, he's hitting the over on his goal totals this is this might be his best this might be a career year for ryan and Hopkins. we're watching it unfold it's the the dynamic is the dynamic duo for the oilers mcdavid and dry subtle or is it nugent hopkins and hyman who knows what a fantastic problem to have this team is so much fun 
Uh, I think this game overall was uh, a really fun game. One thing that I found to me really pissed me off, and this started to really, really drive me nuts in the third, when the power plays were 5-1 to one, uh, for Edmonton, the Oilers had dominated possession throughout that game, right? Like the, we, we can both agree the puck was on the mm-hmm. Oilers' stick for 65, even in the, the metrics on natural stack to back me up. They were for 50 Absolutely. to 60% of the game, they, the Oilers were controlling everything. And for John, for... John Hines just start bitching and yelling from the bench. It's 5-1 penalties. It's 5-1. Why are you calling another penalty on us? Dude, your team fucking sucks. They suck. Stop bitching. Play better and they'll call more penalties. That irritates the hell of me. Nashville in the third period turned into such a bunch of whiny assholes. That pissed me off. So, so, so much. At the end of the game where you saw Michael McCarron trying to fight Dylan Holloway. And we haven't even mentioned yet. Jesse Pooley-Arvey. What was that? Oh, my God. I can't remember. Number 44 in Nashville. What's his name? All of a sudden, just drops his love, starts punching Pooley-Arvey. William Carrier got smashed by him. It was ridiculous. And because when Hines started bitching earlier to the refs, the refs then actually listened to him. Because you see Ryan McLeod go down. He's in a one-on-one situation. He could have had a breakaway. Absolutely. And I've seen football tackles that are less violent than what I think it was Ekholm did to McLeod. But how was that allowed? Five seconds later, Barry in the in the in the offensive zone, he I don't even know what he did. He lifted some guy on Nashville's stick. Happens to McDavid twice a period. Nothing, but because Hines bitched and yelled to the refs, they oh raise their hand. We got we got to even up the penalties as much as we can. So you saw in the end of the game until Nashville completely lost those whiny babies. They, I don't know. They, I, it, it was ridiculous. We know we know the refs are always historically oh. against the Oilers. Um, just look at look at that Chicago game. Look at the, today's game. Yes, we got the lion's share of the power plays, but yeah, like you said, the refs just love to game manage. And you know what? I'm going to twist that into a strength because the Oilers, even though their penalty kill wasn't great today, it's mm-hmm. it's probably as bad as you can get and two for two. <laughs> but the, the fact that they were largely disciplined and you had to take some ticky tack sort of penalties in order to throw Nashville onto their power plays. You know what? I'm going to chalk that up as an Oilers win tonight. I think that the defense played really well. And especially I want to highlight Marcus Nemo Linen. Nemo was out there. He was physical. I, I felt like Nemo was the only person trying to match up the hit clock. Cause oh. he was like, you know what? I'm going to line up a big hit. And even though he missed, he had this weird scrum. Dude, that was they were so trying to, funny. I, I saw they you. were ganging on Nemo from I, missing I, a hit, I bur- a clean oh, hit. My I burst, I burst <laughs> out laughing, dude. That was one of the funniest plays because he completely flubs the hit. And it's the same whiny attitude. Nashville, they have five guys coming out. And you look who's on the ice. You see, I think it was New Time and McDavid. Like, they're not going to, none of those guys are fighting, right? They, they each right. grab a guy, they all pull off the, to the side and whatever. And nothing really came of that. But honestly, good for Nemo because the only thing that came from, came of that was an Oilers power play. And, and you saw it throughout the game. That This was actually probably the most disciplined game the Oilers played. Earlier, er, there was a shift earlier in the second, I think, as well, where uh, I think it was Ekholm uh, on the ice for uh, Nashville. Yamo drives out on Kane and established the cycle going around their zone. And Yamo was getting clobbered on the boards. I'm shocked Yamo didn't get injured after this game. You know, good for him. I thought he played better tonight for sure. But I thought Yamamoto and Kane both took a lot of punishment tonight, but they kept 
their gloves but on. But it was they on that their ship tempers. where you see Ekholm just pin Kane to the ice, and you could hear the Rogers crowd just start booing and booing. And nothing's coming of it. And me, when I see Kane pin, you, I think everyone expects when they see that, okay, Kane's going to get up, punch him in the face, and take a stupid penalty. Nope. Kane goes right back in the way. You'd see Nashville's grabbing him, trying to pull him back. They tried to go Kane and Nurse specifically into penalties. And I was impressed, especially when Ekholm, you know, pulled off Nurse's helmet. He pulled, he, he got caught by the Kadri rule. That's 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 the, what that rule is because yeah. when Kadri scored the goal in overtime against the Oilers last year uh, in the regular ripped season. Ripped off the helmet. Ripped yeah. off, I think it was Nurse's helmet as well. You're like, do yeah. up your chin strap, buddy. If it comes in once, it's a joke. Three times, a couple times, <laughs> it's your fault. But whatever. Anyways. A lot of Oilers players like to wear their helmets a, a little loose. Anyway. How many times have we seen Leon go with the head <laughs> yeah, yeah, snap yeah. forward? <laughs> But no, it could go on. Yes. Good, good on Nurse, though, for not yeah. getting up. Because we've seen earlier in the year, we even talked about the type of Darnell Nurse penalties from the headbutt in the playoffs last year to those rant into hitting the preseason to those little undisciplined penalties that end up losing you momentum and can, and, you know, unfortunately cost you games in the long run. The fact that Nurse didn't do that today and Nashville was really physical. We saw Nurse getting tons of battles and I was really impressed with the play of Darnell Nurse tonight overall, even mm-hmm. just from moving on from a physicality uh, standpoint, just like his overall play, his demeanor with the puck, watching him skate, watching him handle the puck. When in earlier in Nurse's career, I, I remember the, it was almost a patented play. You could you could not watch the game at all and know that Darnell Nurse was going to get a rush up the ice and he was going to take a weak backhand shot from the corner onto the net. It was going to result in the save. Now Darnell Nurse has so much more poise, so much more patience with the puck. He facilitates the offense so much, so well. I think Darnell Nurse honestly is. I know he gets paid nine point two five million dollars, but he gets shit on so much that I think he's almost underrated at this point. Like I, I, I think he played. I think for the last five games and and tonight he stood out to me but i think he's been he's been so good and such a horse on the other's back and, and, and even credit to his partner cc like it, earlier in the game cc saved a goal he fl- flings a stick out in front and you, you know I, I can't remember exactly yeah. how the trick play transpired but the play the, if it's not for a stick, sure goal that was bouncing in exactly an absolutely sure goal it was headed right towards the the back of the net and yeah you're right just just being very alert. CC not only on that play, not only whipped the stick, saved the goal from going in immediately. Once the threat was neutralized behind the net, spun around, looked around at his surroundings, saw where the other players were. I think this was one of the better defensive games, even though we let in for tonight. And I just wanted to say like, in terms of discipline, this was not only uh, Nurse, Kane, the big the big offenders usually. This was a whole team being very disciplined, clutching onto the gloves, making sure that if, hey, if someone's going to drop the gloves, I'm not going to go for it. And I know what some people are going to say. Some people are going to say, I, I believe Spectre already tweeted about it uh, regarding Nemo. I This is a skill game against a team that will get their rocks off if you fight them. Mm-hmm. So this was just 100% a game where you could not engage in that aspect. You can engage through your body, through hits. You can engage through goals. You can engage through the power play, but do not engage them in a fight because if you go down to a fool's level, they will beat you with experience. So do not go down that path. And the Oilers did just that today. They just played their hearts out. Uh, Once again, a a great start to the game uh, in compared to, I mean, other starts. We've let one in and then immediately went through and, and got four right back. But I think this was one of the better starts uh, to the game. I think this is quite possibly the best Oilers start to a game this season. What do you think? Um, I, I don't know if it's the best start. I think they've had 
good starts. I mean, I would say from 19 minutes in, totally agree with you. Uh, that first goal really soured me on the way that they play. I know that was an unlucky bounce, but like overall, I think I, I would say this maybe the game against St. Louis um, before, and I'm blanking. I want to say maybe the game against Carolina, but overall, I think this is one of the better starts. I was very happy with the game. Uh, quick, Rick Bucky in the chat. I want to. I made a great point, and I'm and I'm glad he brought this up because it's something that uh, we for, haven't mentioned yet. She said, "Don't forget about the fourth liners goal," and and that's the thing. I, I know we taught we harped on the stars so much, but. For, to watch a, a goal that was created by uh, Devin Shore, Tyson Berry, and Derek Ryan, and obviously, don't forget Dylan Holloway, the fact that William Carrier was, hold, if he wasn't holding Dylan Holloway's stick in front of the net, Derek Ryan never is able to receive that pass. Uh, Carrier would obviously have his man, and Derek Ryan would never receive the pass and never score. But he, they were too focused on Dylan Holloway throughout the game. They were trying to abuse Dylan Holloway. But again, uh, that's another top uh, for later. But Dil- just, well, just quickly, yeah, Dylan Holloway stepped up this game too. He oh. was not only taking the licks, he was dishing them back out. And I love that about his play. But yes. Well, I want to say uh, on Holloway, was I, I want to say it was a career high in ice time for him tonight. He played fantastic. And again, we will touch on Holloway, but I think we got to focus on the fourth liners for now. Sure, Ryan played as as good of a game as I can remember those two playing, you know, in Oilers colors. I thought the bottom pairing of D, uh, on D even, Barry and Niemelainen, for the most part, played very well. Watching Niemelainen handle the puck is like watching, like, I don't know, a, a guy in Timbit skater with an egg on his stick. Like, <laughs> sometimes I'm a little nervous, but he, he, sees, he makes plays and that's all that matters. Whether it looks nice or not, it doesn't matter. He has a little bit of Warren Fogel in the way he stick handles the puck. It, it doesn't look the best. You're not really sure what he's doing, you know, 35% of the time, but he gets the job done. So it who works. cares? Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, the fourth liners play good. And that's the thing. When the Oilers are getting depth goals, especially, they're going to win the game. Because again, oh, yeah. we've saw this before. We know what we're getting. McDavid drives out of five, four points, whatever. But if Shore, Ryan are chipping in, they're the hardest team to beat in the league. Uh, and, and, and it's only going to get harder. At, they're only going to get better as the season goes on. Dylan Holloway. Best game of his NHL career so far from top to bottom, even though he didn't get a point tonight. Uh, there was a shift earlier in the game where he is skating down the wing. He's, I I would argue he's the third best skater on the Oilers. Uh, I think yeah, the only two better one are McDavid and McLeod. He, he doesn't necessarily have the fastest stride, but it's almost like Holloway has a a dry sidle style where he just starts muscling it down the ice. And he's like just a bull that you cannot stop. I, I believe I know the exact same rush that you're talking yeah. about just down the boards where there's, yeah. there's two it national players Duchesne trying to Yossi. pinch him. Duchesne is on his back and, and full credit to hallway arm out like McDavid ass just pushing him off gets down in the corner Yossi gets on him and he beats Yossi too I think he got it I don't know if he was on the ice the fourth line of the time but he ends up creating a scoring chance off that rush purely because of how physical he was he was taking abuse during the game he did not shy away from it even though he's coming off a concussion so obviously super happy to see that and later in the game he absolutely destroyed I think it was William Carey as well which the Rogers place loves if you're gonna throw hits and be a skilled player you're gonna be beloved in Edmonton they love the Everyone in Edmonton loves their hard work and bring your lunch. I'm sure we all have the bring your lunch pail to work kind of guys. And no, yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I I thought Holloway played fantastic. And it's one of those things you can see when Shore and Ryan are on against a a worse team where they do have a little bit more time to create. You can see they're obviously NHL players. They still have that skill. But 
It would be so lovely to see Dylan Holloway elevated up into the lineup. And, and Jay Woodcroft did reward him with a little bit of power play time. I think he played about 30 seconds on the power play uh, um, with the well, second not unit. To mention, not to mention at the end of the night as well. I love the fact that once they iced the game, Jay was just throwing the third, the fourth line out there. No need to get your stars involved in any any tussles. And they were really embracing it too the third line showed hustle the fourth line showed hustle even though the game was already over uh of course no pulley rv getting into getting into a little bit of a scrap holding his own he's he's just mean mugging now he's no longer the if i remember correctly uh anton roussel when he was playing against the canucks when the first time pulley rv got got roughed house a little bit his expression yeah, yeah. was just like I, I know exactly what you're talking about and to, to watch yesi getting these like physical scrubs tell me it's not the funniest thing in the world when you just see his yeah. face and he looks mad and you see the guy oh and it was Kiefer sherwood he throws his gloves immediately just starts trying to fight jesse jesse doesn't even throw his gloves. Just starts going right back at him. It's legendary. Oh, man. I, I love Jesse Pugliarby, and I would hate to see him go. I, I I think, oh, man, he's just such an entertaining player, such a fan favorite, some guy you want on your team. You want him to succeed here. That play at the end of the game, I hope. They, brought, they talked about it on the broadcast. I hope that gets him going a little bit. He's been playing good. I think me and you in the chat here know he's been playing good, but I think... For the masses to, you know, see the value in Jesse Pugliarvi, unfortunately, or, you know, whatever, he needs to put up actual, you know, quantifiable points. points. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just how it's going to be at Jesse Pugliarvi's tenure in Edmonton. So I, I really hope, and you could see that third line has come so close to scoring five on five so many times. The fact that they haven't, they've been so unlucky. But again, we've harped on this before. The defensive awareness and on the ice alone should be worth it. So... I'm happy to see that. I thought, and like you said, the depth overall, fantastic tonight. Fantastic tonight. And I think the the biggest sequence of that is how many years have we had Oilers third and fourth lines just get absolutely hemmed in the defensive zone, just lose one, two, three goals a night. This was not, this is not that team. This is a team where the third line is driving play. The fourth line is driving play. Earlier on, I, I think the, there was a sequence where the fourth line just hemmed Nashville into yeah. their own zone. And it, at that point, I thought, you know, this is, this is great work, but is it a little bit of a waste for Holloway? I sure got shut up. By the end of their the the game, boy, they were clicking. There's something about Devin Shore and Derek Ryan that you also just love to see. Like they are they so chemistry. happy on the bench. Yeah, the the entire team loves these guys, and I think for good reason. You want to see them succeed. Of course, they are just NHL journeymen, and we know that typically their tales don't typically end well <laughs> in any city, but. They are just absolutely clicking with this team. I think everyone on this team genuinely loves to play for each other. And that's that's just something you can't build on paper. That's something that has to happen in person. Uh, we, we have a limited amount of time here, but I did want to highlight um, we have some interesting uh, cap trouble, perhaps, <laughs> in the coming years. If we have uh, Ryan McLeod, Dylan Holloway, uh, Bush is, of course, going to need a new contract. Pugliarvi, we got a lot of players, Yamo, we got a lot of players over the next couple of years that we got to think about re-signing. Mm -hmm. uh, where would be your priorities? If this is really early in the season. Yeah, Things yeah. could go anywhere, but 
what would your priorities be here? Oh, well, yeah, for me, the players that are, you know, RFAs of the upcoming season, I would say, I saw in the chat they were talking about that. I'd sign McLeod for as long as I could, as you could humanly possible to as cheap a number. Because to me, his ceiling, like what I see Ryan McLeod becoming is a faster Anthony Sorelli. And if he could do that, that would be fantastic. His defensive numbers are, I think, are relatively similar. And I think McLeod, we, but we all see that McLeod has the offensive ability to, you know, to be a 65 point kind of center, I think. Obviously, this is wishful thinking, but I, I do think that's realistic as possible. I'm a Jesse fan. I want Jesse. Yamo will be at the bottom of my list. Evan Bouchard, you give him whatever. He's going to put up points this year. You give him whatever. He get, you sign him you, as long as possible. Do not you bridge. bomb him? Yeah. Well, I don't. I think we're way past the point of cleft bombing him. It'll <laughs> Hopefully, he signs a Noah Dobson-like number. Uh, I see Bashan in the chat yelling 3.5 time, times 8. I hope, hope McLeod <laughs> I hope. takes that. That's what I don't think at. Ryan McLeod would take 3.5 million over eight years. That's just me. Uh, yeah, Steven in the chat says no one's taking that. And I, and I agree. And one thing I wanted to point out, I saw Steven earlier in the chat say that uh, Evan, Bouchard, or Evan Bouchard isn't ready for power play one. And I just want to point out, uh, on the Oilers' first power play of the game, the Oilers were uh, obviously you know slapping the puck around. They were there. Uh, they're... Um, Plays that they, you know, practice and practice. I can't, I'm, I'm blanking on what they're called. They're set plays. Set they plays? Were, yeah, yeah, the set <laughs> plays. They, uh, they they were going off to a tee. You saw their main passes. Just Saros was, Saros was saving them. And uh, then, you know, of course, what happens on the, on there, uh, Tyson Berry doesn't hold the blue line properly. And I think it was key for Sherwood or Cole, um, I don't know, some player on Nashville, a bunch of depth guys that I don't know, a bunch of AHL players, obviously. Uh they, he, he ends up getting a shot. And Tyson Berry back on defense. What does he do when Nashville's getting a two-on-one shorthanded rush? He just lies on his stomach, but not like a Darnell Nurse Chris Russell. Okay, that was, you know, a good line or something. There was probably about 10 feet. Barry was just sliding back in the middle of the ice, not challenging, not cutting off the pass, not good, not giving up the shooter. And I think the Nashville player rang it right off the bar in the first period. I think it was in the first period. And yeah, I obviously didn't like that play. I don't think Evan Bouchard makes that play, but, you know, that was one play in the game overall. Tyson Berry had it. Had a fine game. I, he can't be my whipping boy. I don't want to be like that. I, I I do like him as a person. His Halloween costume was fantastic. So. Oh yeah. You know what? Let's cut off the discussion about tonight's game. There. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the Halloween costumes because uh, if you guys haven't read it yet, uh, our friend, our third co-host Avery, put out a fantastic article on the Hockey News uh, regarding the <laughs> costumes throughout the NHL, and they are absolutely astonishing but i think we had a pretty good share of oh. uh creative and very well pulled off costumes who do you think won oilers uh costume uh, Halloween i night? think it's unanimous across the board i think everyone in the chat knows what i'm gonna say i think you know who i'm gonna say we have not discussed this prior but we both are going with the man from pixar jesse pooley and his girlfriend dressed as finding nemo Oh, what a costume. That was one of the best things I've ever seen. It came with the full retainer, with the shirt, with the pigtails and the skirt. Jesse, my man, looked awesome. Connor McDavid is Tony Montana. Uh, close second. Uh, that was awesome. Love the cigar in his hand. That was awesome. I I also love Nurse's uh, Bob Ross because that, <laughs> that throw was amazing. 
Uh, yeah, they they were a fantastic, uh, just a fantastic team building event. And I think you see that the Oilers genuinely like spending time with each other. I, I know you mentioned uh, a bit of whipping boy for Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry's costume was very good, too. Oh, uh, the Canon Barbie. I'm sure he'll be there opening weekend to watch the new movie with Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie. At, uh, <laughs> that was an awesome costume. I, I love Tyson Berry off the ice. I think we can agree is just a 10 out of 10 person. Like, that's why I do hate harping on him so much. But just he makes such bad plays sometimes. It's so hard not to. But you know what? <laughs> I respect the guy a lot. And I hope, you know, if he was a lesser cap, it, I'd be much more content with the, with the Less plays. Less term. He puts up. Yeah, exactly. But whatever. I digress. We only have a couple minutes left in the Zoom. Uh, so I think that's a good place to wrap it up, obviously. Uh, one thing I do want to say, obviously, uh, I, I know we kind of talked about this before. We've kind of talked about this a little intermittently, but I think we should just say it once now, address it, and then we lead off at the start of the broadcast. But Dennis and I have agreed that at what we're going to do is for every Oilers goal that is scored this year, we're going to donate $1 to the Stollery Children's Hospital of Edmonton in honor of Ben. Uh, you know, everyone knows Ben. We don't need to go through how amazing he is again. Obviously, everyone loves Ben. Everyone's thinking of Ben. Um... Yeah, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna donate a dollar, and yeah, by the end of the season, hopefully the Oilers are the highest scoring team in the NHL, and they've rinsed us dry. And uh, yeah, let's let's go all the way, Stanley Cup aspirations. We'll we'll throw our whole wallets at it if need be. Yeah, if we have more games like tonight, uh, mm-hmm. our our entire paychecks probably will go there. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start. Uh, we're gonna start. We're, we'll lead the next broadcast we do together. I think it'll be Thursday. We'll lead off with the total, the new total, and every broadcast we'll just update as the year goes on. Uh, I think it's an. I'm I'm super excited to do it. And again, I said this already, but I hope the Oilers take us for as much money as possible because that means I'm having a blast doing these broadcasts. So yeah, uh, overall, awesome okay. night. Uh, I think you and I will be back on Thursday for the game against New Jersey. Um, so excited to see everyone in the chat here. Uh, MGD, Stoned, Black Max Guy, uh, thanks for tagging along. Uh, and thank you, Rob, for taking care of the bots. Yeah, absolutely. My thank man. you, Lindsay, uh, Snorlax, everyone in the chat, David Morris. Thank you for being here. I hope to see you guys back here on Thursday. Like, comment, subscribe, tell all your friends. Dennis, where can they find you? On Twitter at Dennis Lee Y-E-G. And Zach, and how you, about you? You can find me at ZWheel97 on Twitter. Follow us there. And I hope to see everyone in the chat back here for the game against New Jersey. Uh yeah, hopefully it's another win. We will see you then and play La Bomba, baby. Play La Bomba, baby! Yeah, have a good night.